This podcast is supported by Understood Explains. As parents, we are often having to figure out things as we go, and that is very true for our children's education. And to help you out, I want to tell you about a podcast called Understood Explains. This season is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Ortube, and she discusses all the things you'd want to know about individual education plans, or IEPs, what they are, why they're needed, who benefits from them, and what to expect when you have meetings with teachers. I could have really used this podcast when my son had an IEP for speech when he was six. I was overwhelmed trying to understand the process and what everything meant. The episode on Understood Explains, Does My Child Need an IEP?, was the kind of info that would have really helped me get the most out of the educational support of the IEP for my son. And if you need that kind of support, I really recommend this podcast. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. Welcome to Mom and Mind, a podcast about maternal mental health from conception, pregnancy, to birth and postpartum. Real stories from moms and family members who've made it from struggling to wellness, and interviews with experts and advocates who work for moms and families to get the help they need. We discuss very real struggles that can sometimes be hard to hear, but these are stories that need to be told so that moms and families can know that healing is possible. This podcast is meant to offer information and awareness and is not a replacement for treatment by a professional or professional training. Thank you for being with us today. Welcome to Mom and Mind. I'm your host, Dr. Kat. In this episode today, I'm bringing back an episode that I did in October of 2017 about perfection in new motherhood. I'm continuing to see these trends in new parents, this really huge drive to do everything right. And with the added stress of the pandemic, there is even more pressure to make the right decision, make good decisions, and feel like you're doing as much as you can for your child, your pregnancy, your newborn, in part because of the stress of the pandemic, but also because our decisions are even more critical these days in trying to keep our children and our families healthy. What's interesting when I was listening to this episode, I do talk a little bit about my own journey through healing from perfectionism. And there's a little bit of a theme that came up again for me now, even though I've done a lot of work around this, um, around perfectionism and letting go of high standards and uh, allowing things to just be. It is an ongoing process. It's, it's not like you figure something out and it just never shows up again. New situations bring up new context for old habits to potentially show themselves, and it provides another learning experience and healing opportunity. So uh, with some things that have been happening career-wise lately, um, I've been challenged in really great and unique new ways, which has brought up some of those perfectionist tendencies again. And so I've learned over time to kind of roll with it and say like, all right, friend, I see you, you're here, we're going to work through this and find a way to overcome so that it doesn't feel paralyzing in any way. I, just, I think it's really useful for us to, to normalize the healing process, that it's not a one and done. Uh, unfortunately, I mean, I'd love to be able to say that we figure out our stuff and then we're just done with it. But we get lots of opportunities to practice building new skills. Anyhow, I think there are some really good pointers in here that are especially useful for right now especially during our times of high stress when we revert back to our old coping strategies. Perfectionism has a really easy way of slipping back in. So listen in. 
So hopefully this episode is a good reminder for you too to allow some ease back into your day-to-day. Hey everybody, welcome back to Mom and Mind. I'm your host, Dr. Kat. I'm gonna be talking today a little bit about perfectionism, the need to feel like you have everything under control and the pressure for things to be just right or perfect and how that all interacts with being a new mother. One of the reasons why I wanted to talk about this today is because I see it so frequently in new moms, moms who tend to be perfectionists, who want everything to be just right or to feel like they can manage things in a certain way and how much stress they have because they cannot do that with a brand new child. One of the other reasons, more personally, is this was one of the factors that contributed to my sense of overwhelm during my postpartum period. Yep, I am a perfectionist, and it's hard to say that out loud. I know it about myself, but it does play a part into quite a few things. As a matter of fact, even doing this episode today, I've had a week or so to put this episode together. And every time I sat down to write down my notes or put my thoughts together on what I wanted to say or how I wanted to say it, all of that internal stuff started coming up that gets in the way of us moving forward, which, you know, those little thoughts that trip you up, like, oh, does that make sense? Or how are people going to perceive this? Or is it going to be taken the right way? On this really strong sense of kind of overseeing my own thoughts and my own thought process. And, um, you know, having some space and time away from my difficulties through postpartum, I know for a fact that this was part of why things felt so overwhelming for me. And I see it so readily in so many other moms in varying degrees, some in more mild forms and some moderate and some relatively severe so much so that it's sort of hard to move past the idea that they can't make things better right away. So today in this episode, I'm going to go through a process of imperfection where I don't have my notes in front of me about things that I very specifically want to say, in part because I'm trying to push myself past and grow past these blocks that get in the way of me sharing information or sharing knowledge or sharing experiences with other people, but also because it's okay to not know. It's okay to fumble through things. It's okay to figure it out as we go along. It's okay to not know the answer before you start. And very specifically with new mothers, I this is absolutely part of the process of becoming a new mother and getting into new parenthood is realizing that you can't control everything, that you don't know everything, that this brand new little being is going to have a will of their own and timing of their own and a process of their own. And it's not something that we can manage or rather micromanage to a certain extent. It's just we have to get used to not knowing. That's what a lot of new parenthood is about is not knowing. And even for moms who have that really, really high anxiety that I've had multiple sessions with moms who have the high anxiety. And I, you know, we go through the whole process of 
trying to be okay with not knowing. And there's such a strong response to that sense of needing to know and needing to fix and needing to understand and even more so needing to feel better yesterday, if possible. I wrote a blog post recently for Postpartum Support International, and it is titled Soul Level Crisis. If you get a chance to read through that post, it's a lot about my sense of complete overwhelm and upheaval after becoming a parent and some of the ways in which I felt like my ways in the world were being challenged. And this was one of the ways that I wasn't going to be able to know and predict and manage and estimate and foresee and do just the right thing at just the right time for my child or for myself. And that feeling of even though you're doing something brand new for the very first time that somehow you should already know how to do it and not knowing how to do things is just unacceptable on some level. And when you can't do that thing that you're supposed to be able to do, then what does that mean about you? For the PSI blog post, there were many, many other factors that went into what I wrote in there. But I do think it's important to highlight that that feeling that a lot of really anxious new moms get and new parents get is you went from one day being able to kind of control and manage everything in your environment or most things to not being able to really predict a whole lot once that baby comes. And that that process can happen in pregnancy too. It's just more distinct in the postpartum period because there's a whole new person to take care of as well. One thing that I notice a lot with very highly perfectionist moms is they also come with a really high sense of morality and conscientiousness. What I mean by that is like a very strong sense of right and wrong and a very strong sense of what is sort of morally correct. And where I see this really sort of explode emotionally for moms who are experience a really high level of anxiety, if they're also experiencing intrusive thoughts, and I suppose for just intrusive thoughts in general, not just for anxious moms, but this sort of connection that I see quite often with intrusive thoughts and this really high sense of conscientiousness are sort of at odds with each other. So for instance, a mom is having a thought that pops into her mind that is disturbing or upsetting to her about something happening to her child or doing something to her child. And then she knows she would never do that. And how could she possibly think that? And then what a bad mother she must be for feeling that way or thinking that way. This podcast is supported by Starglow Media's Mysteries About True Histories. From the creators of the hit top-ranking kids educational podcast in the world, Who Smarted, the Emmy-nominated Nat Geo Disney Plus's Brain Games and Netflix's Brainchild, comes Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as M-A-T-H, or math, in which kids ages six and up can hear humorous and educational stories that followed two best friends, Max and Molly, while they go on adventures through time, solving puzzles, hidden equations, talking about history, and making learning cool. 
episodes transport listeners to moments in history like Pythagoras's ancient Greece, the era of the Aztecs, Sir Isaac Newton's England, and more. When I drive my son to school in the morning, we listen to these episodes that fit perfectly in our commute, with the episodes being about 15 minutes long. And this podcast is right up my son's alley because he loves to solve problems and happens to love math and the types of punny jokes that Max likes to tell. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness. And I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder. And I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better. So if you can sort of see where that cross-section is of the intrusive thought coming in, it being so not okay in the mom's mind for that thought to be coming in, and that it's so not her to do those things. And I'm using moms right now as an example, but this also happens to other people. So this thought comes in that is essentially antithetical to who she is and something she would never do and is out of her control in some sense that the thought is coming in is out of her control. And then being upset with herself that she had the thought and wanting the thoughts to just stop and sort of digging her heels in and then they are not just stopping because she says she wants them to stop. And then on some level intensifying in some other way because there's this combination of oh my gosh I can't believe I would think that and oh my gosh I would never do that and that being just so not part of who she is and then also on top of all of that not at all part of the motherhood that she had hoped for so I'm not really going to get into discussion today of the whole idea of our preconceptions about what motherhood is or what it's supposed to be. We've had a couple of episodes on those topics, but I really want to focus in on this kind of connection between anxiety and perfectionism and this high morality. And that's what I'm calling it in terms of what I see with women that I support. And then also as a reflection of my own process thinking to yourself, I would never do that sort of thing when you have an intrusive or upsetting thought come in about yourself or your child. An additional layer of difficulty with this is that, you know, maybe there's this underlying sense of who you are. Let's just say you do identify as being a perfectionist. Let's just say you do identify with having a, you know, a sense of anxiety around things needing to be a certain way or being able to manage or control things in a way that's predictable to you, that feels safe to you, is that when you're going through an anxiety, in this case, a pregnancy or postpartum anxiety, the volume on those thoughts, on the negative thoughts, on the intrusive thoughts, on the perfectionist thoughts, the volume on those are like turned way up. 
And that's a function of the anxiety. It's a function of sleep deprivation. It's a function of multiple things going on at once, biologically, hormonally, situationally, that are contributing to intensify what's going on for you in that moment and putting a magnifying glass on to what your normal process might be when you're in a stressful situation. So what I mean by that is like, so the volume is up and it becomes really difficult to tolerate things that you might have normally or it becomes really difficult to tolerate things that maybe you used to be able to do and maybe had a much easier time managing. But now in this context, in this situation with especially if like baby's crying and you're stressed out and you don't know what's going on with the baby or with yourself and you have an intrusive thought come in that is scary to you or worrisome or upsetting on some level. And then the overwhelm happens. And maybe at that point, the crying begins and just feeling like flooded by your emotional state. So then what often happens to most people who are experiencing these symptoms or these series of symptoms or process is that somewhere along the line, it starts to become personalized. What's wrong with me? Why am I thinking this way? I must be a bad mother. I must be a bad person. And depression and anxiety already do this to the thinking process, kind of make it self-judgmental and harder on yourself and make it hard to see positive stuff, only seeing the negative. But I feel like there's a double whammy here for perinatal moms in that depression and anxiety are already making us feel bad about ourselves. But then there's this other very thick layer of what we're supposed to be feeling like and that, you know, we should be happy in all of that business. So that that part of that high conscientiousness, high morality piece is much heavier than also. It just brings another type of intensity to the feelings. And it can often make it feel like it's true that all these things that you think about yourself and feel about yourself are true. Depression lies, anxiety lies, and sleep deprivation most definitely lies and makes us think things that unfortunately sometimes we start to believe when we're in a compromised emotional state or we're having a lot of stress. Our thought process just becomes really mucky and sometimes overwhelming. The Mom and Mine online shop is up and running. We are so grateful to all of you who've already purchased mugs, travel mugs, water bottles, or magnets, and excited to see how excited everyone else is about these being available to you. Really hopeful that they can serve as a reminder to you to fill your cup first, put yourself on the list, and take comfort in knowing that you are not alone. You can find a link to our shop on momandmind.com or in our Instagram bio link. The proceeds of sales go to support this podcast to keep it going. And also, I'm really happy to offer 10% of proceeds to Perinatal Mental Health Alliance for people of color on a quarterly basis. If anybody out there gets a mug, I'd love to see a picture of you with it. Or if you get a mug and you post it anywhere on social, please make sure to tag us so we can love it right along with you. Thanks for any support you can offer this podcast to keep it going. So one of the things I hear from moms who are kind of on the more severe or higher intensity level of anxiety, 
potentially even having panic attacks or feeling traumatized by their intrusive thoughts or by their experience of intrusive thoughts is they come in for therapy, come in to get help and are hoping that I or whoever the therapist is that's going to be meeting with them will be able to fix it right away. As in somehow we will be able to give them the right advice, say the right thing, set them on the right course so that their symptoms will very quickly, if not immediately, disappear. Which is, you know, when you're in that kind of stress and strain is a completely reasonable hope because it can feel unbearable. It can feel overwhelming to have that level of anxiety and to have that sense that things are just that out of control. That's where the kind of perfectionist part can come in. That's not true for everyone who feels that way, but it's one place where it can come in. It's an overwhelming feeling. You want to be rid of it. It makes sense that you want it to be gone right away. So here's where it gets challenging, though, is that I can't make it go away right away, and neither can the mom, or neither can you. If you yourself are experiencing this, it is a process of healing to get through that kind of stuff. There are many different ways that healing can happen. So for a lot of moms who come in and I can see right away, or recognize that really, really high level of anxiety, I really try to tell them right off the bat, you're probably going to feel like you want this to go away right away, and that's totally understandable. And also, this is going to be a healing process. It's, I can't make this go away right away. And so definitely, you know, giving them some skills and tools are great. But when you have somebody who has such a high level of intensity of overwhelm and you suggest for them to do something like breathing exercises, if they're not actually doing it, sometimes I will just be given an eye roll like, okay, lady, I'm coming here losing my mind and you want me to take some deep breaths. That's not going to do anything. And on some level, that's true a little bit. It's not going to do anything to fix everything right away. There are often multiple steps in the process of healing, and some of them are onloading some skills that take some practice, which is so frustrating for somebody who wants to be done with how they feel. They just want to be better. Again, if I can kind of bring that back to the perfectionistic desire that I don't want to feel this way. It needs to be gone right away. And that difficulty with tolerating the process of healing can be so challenging. And sometimes this is where people kind of want to tap out and say, okay, well, this isn't going to help. She just told me to do some breathing exercises. And and that's true. That's not going to cut. It. It's not the only thing. But when we're working on a healing process, as I said before, it takes multiple steps and multiple different avenues. And sometimes, unfortunately, healing is a trial and error process, especially, if, you know, for me as a therapist, if I'm working with somebody new, it takes me a couple of sessions to be able to kind of understand their context fully, understand what has worked for them in the past and what hasn't and what we can try again and what we can do differently. So it can take a little time to figure out all of the things that are going to help. One thing, though, that I'd like to just make sure is clear is that there's so much pressure to feel like you can sort of think your way out of a problem or that if 
that you should just be able to kind of decide to be better and be better. And going back to the healing process, it does take some time. There's a way in which mental health just really does become personalized. And, you know, for the person themselves, there's something wrong with me, that kind of thing. But then also the way that other people talk to us about our mental well-being is this kind of like what's wrong with you. So we're getting kind of hit from both sides on some level, both blaming ourselves and then having other people blaming us. So when I talk about the concept of perfectionism and being a perfectionist, I'm not talking about it from a point of like judgment at all. I've truly believed that however it is that you are in the world has developed that way because of a need, because you may have needed to for whatever your circumstances were in your life. However you grew up, whatever family system you had, it was probably a super useful skill to be a perfectionist. And it probably helped you get through quite a few things. I can recall a couple of different clients where part of their personality, so to speak, the way they cope in the world by being a perfectionist really, really, really helped them get positions at work or get promotions or do well in their job or any number of things, do well at school. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence Whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. And just with everything else, there's both sort of a good side and a, a difficult side to most things. So while the thing that may have really propelled you in your life 
as a perfectionist, as somebody who really pushed themselves hard, as somebody who could manage and control their way to make things right or to make things good or to get what you needed, that can really fall apart as a way to cope when you're a new parent. So those same skills, those same tools that got you so far in your life and that you relied on to cope and manage just may not work the same way with a brand new little person, not to mention whatever kind of relationship you're in with a brand new little person too. This is where it gets really hard during pregnancy and postpartum. There's a lot of what ifs. There's a lot of I don't know. There's a lot of new territory and on some level are out of your control in the sense that there's a whole new person with their own set of things. And sometimes for parents who are high achievers, that can mean anything. Kind of set your mind to something and you get it and you go and do it. High achieving people may experience this devastation, this setback, this disappointment in not being able to do all the things they used to be able to do to cope and to get through and to manage. It can be really hard to sort of go with the flow of a newborn or a pregnancy or whatever the situation is perinatally, you know, that, that might be a very foreign feeling or foreign concept and, and not feel okay. And not that you necessarily have to just kind of let go and do and be whatever the baby needs at any given time. You are still you and, and you have your own things to do. But kind of coming to terms with having to be in the world in a slightly different way, if not a very different way sometimes, is a process. It just takes time. And again, with that kind of higher anxiety, higher need to be able to fix things right away, to tolerate that bit of distress where you can't be relying on something you've always been able to do and not knowing how the situation is going to turn out or how you're going to be able to solve the problem. There are so many dynamics that are unfolding during this period of time. And these are just a couple of them that I'm wanting to highlight specifically about moms who tend to be perfectionists and the things that I see very more commonly as challenges during pregnancy and postpartum for those moms. You know, there are quite a few skills and techniques to be able to help cope and manage uh, with this. And some of them are breathing exercises and finding a way to slow down your body process, your thought process to allow yourself some time to think and not just be responding and reacting to your anxiety. Those are skills and there are some great workbooks and great therapists out there who can help with that type of skills building. Another way to cope with all of this is finding a way to go easy on yourself, to reduce the amount of pressure that you put on yourself to know everything or to be able to accomplish whatever it is that you have in your mind related to yourself or your new baby. It's absolutely okay to not know what you're doing. It's absolutely okay to ask for help. One of the really difficult things, maybe about life in general, I'm not sure, but for sure about this, when moms are experiencing really intense levels of feeling is acceptance. And 
you know, when I suggest to, to people that acceptance can be part of their healing process, acceptance that, of how they're feeling, acceptance that they don't know what to do or don't know the right answer, um, that can feel very difficult. And some people really don't like that idea. It's not for everybody. But one thing I like to clarify is that, you know, people say, well, I don't want to accept how I feel this. I don't want to feel this way. I like to highlight that there's a difference between accepting that this is what it is for now versus resigning to it, that this is how it's going to be forever. And there's something really beautiful that happens when people are able to get into that space of accepting like, okay, this is what it is right now in this moment. Okay, there's that intrusive thought. I see you intrusive thought. All right. And kind of meeting those thoughts, meeting those feelings where they are and just saying, I see you. I see that this is happening right now can be a really powerful way of actually reducing the anxiety and reducing that tension that comes up with, oh my gosh, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Why won't this stop? I want this to be over tomorrow. Um, I want this to be over right now, which creates its own process of anxiety. But it's almost the same thing that you would want from somebody else that cared about you to say, I see you. I see that this is hard right now and it's okay. Those are the kinds of things that we can do to ourselves in any given moment. It takes a ton of practice. It's not the easiest thing in the world to do. But specifically for, you know, as we're talking about new moms who have this tendency towards perfectionism, letting go is hard. Accepting is hard. But it's also part of, it can also be a really lovely part of transitioning into motherhood and into a new role is to give yourself a little bit of grace, a little bit of space to not know and to give yourself that compassion that many people want in those moments. You know, you wouldn't necessarily want a partner to come up to you and say the things that you say to yourself. Why can't you get it together? How come you don't know what you're doing? What's wrong with you? You're a bad mother. I mean, you'd be incredibly offended because it's rude. But we do that to ourselves all the time. So while you're going through your own healing process or helping someone go through their own healing process, you know, sometimes just understanding that that sense of perfectionism may come from a pattern in your life where you needed that type of skill. But also then motherhood and parenthood comes with its own needs. It's its own need for a different set of skills. And it's possible, again, I don't, everybody's situation is a little bit different, but it might be useful to consider a new skill set. And that part of that is taking it easy on yourself and giving yourself that compassion. All right. So that's a wrap on this re-release. I hope this episode has been useful for you. And if you know of anybody who could benefit from this kind of information, and perspective, please do pass it along. You can find a link in our bio on Instagram or post it on Facebook and listen anywhere podcasts are played. Thanks for being with us. Until next time. By joining us today, you are part of the growing community of people who are aware and concerned for mothers and families during this beautiful and sometimes very difficult time of life. If you or someone you know is having a hard time, help is available. You can feel better. 
please look for resources for help at momandmind.com. Together, we can support moms and families so that no one has to deal with this alone. Thank you for listening and being a part of the Mom and Mind community. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness. And I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder. And I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better.